1 Samuel chapter 30 is coming up to the last chapter, chapter 31 of the book of 1 Samuel. Of course, 1 Samuel starts off with Samuel being anointed priest. Eli's got issues with his two boys, and God calls out a little boy and calls him as a young man, and he becomes the priest, he becomes the prophet uh, of Israel. He anoints Saul to be the king. At the time of 1 Samuel chapter 30, Saul is the king. But we find that in, that in chapter 31, Saul will die. But in the middle of the book, David is chosen and Saul is rejected. Saul's presumptuous sins. He is prideful. At first, he starts off humble and he ends up being a pride-filled man. And let me tell you something, friend. You want to find a quick way to stop God's blessing in your life, exercise pride. Now, don't do that. And pride hides, so we have to always kind of keep watching for that. But uh, Saul became a pride-filled man and started doing his things his way. He suffered with two main sins. And one was rebellion, the other one was stubbornness. Don't ever brag about how stubborn you are. Uh, you might want to be careful about that. Stubborn is as a sin of idolatry. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. You want to be a real idiot of your family? Uh, be a rebellious young person. Be a rebellious dad. Be a rebellious mom. You're inviting satanic forces in your life. Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to the authorities that God has put in your life. And I think you'll be so grateful to do that. What well, Saul didn't. And God lifted his hand off Saul. He died a miserable death, suicide. He fell on his sword and didn't do a good enough job. And someone else came along, an Amalekite, the very one that brought the report to David, was one that he should have dealt with years ago, but he did not. But whenever David came along, of course, Saul was extremely uh, jealous of him. And so instead of embracing David's uh, anointed, God-anointed, a divine-anointed call, he got jealous and envious and caused him great problems, chased him like a dog in the woods, trying to get a hold of him. And David was rejected by Saul. Even though he was anointed to be the king of Israel, he was rejected by Saul, he was rejected by his people. He joined up with the Philistines to fight other gods, and they even rejected. The lords of the Philistines rejected uh, David. And in the wilderness, he picked up initially uh, 40, 400 men. Now he's got 600 men following him. They had left their children, their wives. They had left their possessions in a town called Ziglag. And uh, they had gone out to fight and and then they were rejected by the Philistines. And in that process, uh, David comes back. And he found out that being low has a basement. <laughs> uh, it was difficult. And he was just ready to find out it had another level of lowness. He had been rejected by Saul, by his people. He had been rejected now by the Philistines that he was trying to yoke up with. And now he comes over the hill with 600 people that follow him. After a three-day journey, and he looks at the place where he's looking forward to seeing his wife and his kids come up and greet them, and so were the other 500 or 600 men with him. They're looking forward to meeting and seeing their family and sitting down with them and enjoying a good meal, and instead, they see smoldering ashes. They see evidence of the burned possessions that they had, and now their wives and kids are gone. And it's a miserable time being David. He's discouraged. He's depressed. He's overwhelmed. 
And then the people with him, because their hearts are hurt and grieved, their souls are grieved, they're fatigued physically. And by the way, one of these things that we need to do during this time is get the necessary rest that you need. Rest. Rest. Don't, don't let yourself get worried and worked up. Rest. Eat well. Eat healthy. Take care of yourself. Uh, exercise. But these guys come from this three-day journey. They come, and they're physically tired. They've got their hope is excited, and their hope is deferred, and their heart is sick. Let me tell you something about hurting people. Hurting people hurt people. We see here that these men spoke of stoning. They wanted to play the blame game. Somebody had to be responsible. And souls that are sick want to find somebody. We do this as a nation. We do this as a world. We try to find somebody to blame when things are bad. And it surely couldn't be us. <laughs> it's got to be somebody else. And if we can't find someone walking on two legs, many people blame God. They come at God and say, it's your fault. But these men, they were so sick at their heart. When they sat there and saw those ashes, they saw the tent, they were hoping to go in and enjoy some time with their family. They see it burned up. And there's not a shred of evidence of their children, their wives, and someone's come through. They don't have an idea who it is. And David is low. What do you do when you're low? What should I do when I'm low? What do we do when difficult times come to our address? Let's look and see what David did, and let's, let's take a few moments to look at that. If you can, please, passage is 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're looking at verse number 6. I've described what's going on. David has two wives. That's complicated there, Ahinanam and uh, Abigail. His kids are there. And verse 6, and the Bible says that David was greatly distressed. He thought about his girls. He thought about his, his kids. For the people spake of stoning him. The men that were fighting with him, that he had provided them leadership, they thought of stoning him. And the Bible tells us for uh, every man for his sons and daughters, they were thinking about their kids. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. We know he was discouraged because he needed to be encouraged. You know, courage is a wonderful word, and the Bible tells us in Joshua and in Deuteronomy, it challenges all through the Bible to have courage. Let me just tell you something about courage. Courage does not come because of who you are, your status. I'm telling you, some people that are in charge of things, they don't have courage just because of who they are and what positions they have. Courage does not come because of what you have your possessions, the things that you own. A man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. A man does not have courage because of uh, how he thinks. Courage does not come through luxury or through lucrative things. It doesn't come through logic. No, courage comes not because of who we are, but who we know is with us. Confidence does not come because of who you are. It comes because you understand that God is with you. The Bible tells us, and in, in later in the passage of Scripture in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4, where Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. In the middle of a coronavirus problem? Yes. Rejoice in the Lord. You can always rejoice in circumstances, but you and I can rejoice in the Lord. And David had people that, that spoke of 
killing him. Go in rocks and just start throwing them at David. Somebody's got to be blamed for this. They didn't know what happened. All they knew is their hearts were sick. They were miserable and hurting and lonely and in despair. And they thought of stoning David. And with that in mind, he says, God, I got to get encouragement from you. I got to find I got to find courage from you. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. What does that mean? How do you encourage yourself in the Lord your God? Someone said, if you're going to know God, you, you must, you're going to know yourself, you got to know God because you're made in God's image. If you're going to know God, you must know his son. Jesus is the image of God. You want to know what God looks like? Study the life of Jesus. But to know Jesus, you'll need to know God's wonderful word. I hope you'll go to the book of Psalms. I hope you'll find strength. On Wednesday night, I'm going to ask you to send in a verse that has meant something to you during this difficult time. I'm going to ask you to let us know about that. I think it will be helpful to us. You'll be thinking about that over the next couple of days. In our Wednesday night service, I'd like to hear some of the verses that God has used to be a blessing to you and, and can be a blessing to other people. Listen, don't get your encouragement because of your pastor. I want to encourage you. But you're looking way too low if you're looking for me, for the courage. You didn't encourage yourself in the Lord, your God. Hey, encourage yourself in the fact that he saved you. In his goodness to you, what has he done for you? How has he helped you? Encourage yourself in, in a time alone with him. Listen, friend, I love coming to church. I miss being with God's people. But let me tell you something. You got a Bible, you got God. You got to walk with the Lord yourself. You got time to pray. I think one of the sweetest times in a Christian's life when they're one-on-one -on -one with the Lord. Hey, encourage yourself. Encourage yourself in remembering what God has done for you. Encourage yourself in remembering all the blessings and what he's brought us through. He's such a good God. Talk about the Lord. You can talk about politics if you want to, but talk about the Lord. You can talk about sports if you want to, but make sure you make note of the Lord. You can talk about friends. You can talk about videos and this thing and that thing that you heard. But boy, our conversations ought to revolve around the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look back and then meditate on the Lord. David encouraged himself and the Lord is God. I want to encourage you to encourage yourself. You know what? Everybody needs somebody to help them. Remember years ago hearing Brother Hiles say on the end of his broadcast, be good to everybody because everybody's having a tough time. I don't know if everybody's having a tough time at the same time, but dear friend, you need to be encouraged in the Lord to encourage someone else. Heard about the, the police officers, got a call on the bridge. Said there's someone getting ready to jump. And he went out there and he said, he thought of this strategy. He said, listen, here this. Uh, you, I'll, you tell me your problems and I'll tell you my problems. And, and if my problems are, are, are worse than your problems, then, then you don't jump. And they started exchanging problems. And at the end of the, the conversation, they both took their hands and both jumped off the, the, the cliff uh, of the bridge. Well, you know what? If you need someone around you to encourage you, and you need to be someone, you need to be someone that bears other people's burdens, and you'll need to get along with God in order to know his solutions. You get with people, you know the problems. You get with God, you know the solutions, and you can be a source of encouragement. David had, if all those guys had eyeballs, he had 1,200 eyeballs looking at him. Some of them were looking at him with sneers, and some of them were looking at him for hope and leadership. Daddy, encourage yourself in the Lord. Mom, encourage yourself in the Lord. Teenager, encourage yourself in the Lord. 
Pastor, encourage yourself in the Lord. Sunday school teacher, you're not going to lead a vibrant Sunday school class when you're discouraged. You must spend time with the Lord and encourage yourself in the Lord your God. David was struggling. Are you struggling? If you are, stop and run to the Lord and encourage yourself in the Lord your God. I want you to notice the second thing he did. As soon as he realized he got some courage from God, here's what he did. Look at verse number 7. And David said to Abathar the priest, Elimelech's son, he said, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And uh, Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. Now, David couldn't go to where the tabernacle was at the time. But he had a priest with him, and he had someone, an, an ephod that represented the, the, the God in the presence of the Lord. He said, would you get the ephod? I need to find out what God wants me to do here. And I think this is the second thing I want to share with you tonight, and I'll close with this. In times of discouragement, when pressure is mounting, when loneliness is getting deafening, you know what you need to do? Number one, encourage yourself in the Lord your God. But number two, you need to inquire of the Lord. You need to pray. You know, we, we take time to pray in our service. I hope that's a good time for you. If it's not, you need to ask the Lord to give you a checkup from the neck up. You need to say, Lord, to get me a change of mind. Teenager, you ought to pray. Child, you ought to pray. Mama, you ought to pray. Grandpa, Grandma, you ought to pray. Everybody ought to give their hearts to the Lord in prayer. And especially if you're leading anybody. If you're running a hot dog stand, you ought to pray. If you're doing anything, if you're doing anything for the Lord, you're running a family, you're in charge, you're a single mama, hey, learn to pray. Everybody ought to learn to get along with God. At a time when David was low, he learned to pray. Have you learned that? You know, it doesn't take much energy or effort or really education to cry. Any baby can do that. I think when we don't know how to pray, we can cry out to God. And sometimes our prayers are almost just... In, intelligible. We don't even know what they're saying. And that's all right. He said, sometimes the Holy Spirit, he ministers to us with groanings that cannot be uttered. But let me tell you something. The Bible tells us whenever the disciples saw Jesus pray, they said, Lord, teach us to do it like that. Teach us to pray. Oh, listen, this is a season of time. We have a little bit more time by ourselves. Get your face out of the television. Get your face out of MySpace. Get your face out of Facebook. I don't think MySpace is still going on. But whatever it is that activates your attention, you might want to take a little more time to spend time in prayer. At times of discouragement, well, we oftentimes get on the phone and tell everybody how discouraged we are. Bad move. Tell it to Jesus. I must tell Jesus all of my burdens. He can help you. Hey, Pastor, this is not easy medicine. I don't think it's easy, but I think it's effective. I think if we can learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Listen, our answer is not in Washington, D.C. It's not in a relationship. It's not in finances, not in more money. That's not your answer, friend. Everything we need is in Jesus. We're complete in Him. Encourage yourself in the Lord your God. And then may I say, inquire of the Lord in prayer. This is a time where we can learn to pray. I'm glad I needed this. I, I don't like this virus. I don't like this scenario that we're in right now. But I can tell you, it's been good for the inner man of John Wilkerson. I need to pray. I need a little more time just to slow down. 
and to evaluate my life, evaluate my priorities, love my wife and my children, be more sensitive to the souls of men and women, boys and girls, keep my head on straight, and I can do that through encouraging myself in the Lord and prayer. I want to encourage you to pray. Hey, listen, after we get off this air in just a few moments, would you go to the Lord in prayer? Before you go to bed tonight, would you gather the family together and pray? Say, Pastor, I'm not really that all that good of a prayer. It doesn't matter. You, get in the, you pray together with your wife. Take her by the hand and go to the Lord in prayer. Say, Pastor, I'm single. Drop to your knees and pray. Look to the Lord. You've got a problem. I'm going to get laid off tomorrow. Pray. Listen, you've got a God in heaven. And oh, how he can do great and marvelous things. He tells us to call unto me. I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things you, know, you don't know or thou knowest not. Let's, let's make this time a season. For in times of depression, in times of distress, in times in which we are overwhelmed and discouraged, Encourage yourself in the Lord. Number two, make it a prayer. Inquire of the Lord. Thank you for listening tonight. I want to take a moment if I can. If you're a Christian and you find yourself a bit discouraged, a bit just kind of torn up about all that's going on in our society, what's going on in your life and my life, can I encourage you to encourage yourself in the Lord? Number two, let's learn to pray during this season. Stop complaining. Stop getting out there and putting all your stuff out there if, if, if it's not around the person of Jesus. Let's make it a time of prayer. I must tell Jesus, be sure that you're walking with the Lord. Dear friend, if you're here listening tonight and you're not sure if you died, you'd go to heaven, you need to do something else. You need to pray another prayer. It's a prayer of repentance. It's a prayer of confession. It's a prayer that you pray to God. I understand it's faith that brings someone their eternal destiny. A hundred years from this very moment, all that's going to matter is where you live. With God in heaven or without him forever in the lake of fire. We go into eternity with our sin or with God's son. He that hath the son hath everlasting life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. But God's wrath will abide upon that person. Dear friend, God does not want it that way. He wants people to come to Jesus. I remember the night I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I was explained that I was a sinner. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. I was explained that my sin deserved to be separated from God forever in the lake of fire the wages of sin is death. And Adam all died. I had Adam's nature in me. I had sin nature. I had a, a fallen nature. And I had chosen to sin against God. God in his love purchased the gift of eternal life through his son Jesus Christ. A gift has to be free and it has to be accepted. That night I accepted God's gift of eternal life by faith. I came to God with my sin and he came to me with his son. Now I know I have eternal life. Do you know that? If you don't know that, you can. God wants you to have eternal life. Maybe right where you are, you need to say to the Lord, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell. 
that I believe that Jesus died. He was buried and he rose again. And by doing that, he did all that was needed to be done so I could be saved. If you say, friend, I need to accept the Lord, why don't you call out to the Lord right now? Ask him to forgive your sin, to save you. Accept his gift of eternal life. If you do that, I want to encourage you to call us. The number on your screen is 219-932-0711. Someone is ready to take your call and help you find someone that can help you. If you say, Pastor, I'm still a little fuzzy with all you said. Would, you, would I, could I encourage you as soon as we get off this live stream, would you go to our website, slash salvation, fbchammond.com slash salvation. I take a little more time to show you from the Bible. You'll be able to read the verses on the screen and see for yourself how you can have eternal life by faith in Jesus Christ. Make sure you know that. We'll be praying for you. But if there's questions that you have, please don't hesitate to call us. Don't let pride or procrastination keep you from having the peace of God and to be reconciled with Jesus Christ.